One of the most legendary substances in the world is the Philosopher's Stone. And no, I'm not talking about Harry Potter. The Philosopher's Stone is a legendary substance capable of turning base metals into gold. For centuries, it was the most sought after goal in alchemy. Now there are two types of masters. The first is an inspiring and galvanizing force who empowers his or her students to reach their potential. This master is a Philosopher's Stone. The second type of master takes it one step further. He inspires his students so much that each of them becomes a Philosopher's Stone, changing the world through their work. In this episode of the podcast, we see how Swami Chimayananji's work still produces Philosopher's Stones today. This is the Gurudev Podcast. The body, mind, intellect. Arjuna Vaja Arjuna Laws of causation. Discover your identity with God. Keep the goal highest. Brahmachari Arun Gosai recently graduated from Sandipani Sadhanalaya. Even though he did not have a specific affiliation with Chinmaya Mission, he still chose to attend Sandipani. When I asked him why, he said, because Sandipani is the Harvard of Vedantic institutions. In this episode, we speak with Pooja Swami Ishwarananji, who spent time at Sandipani as a student and a teacher. And during our conversation, you will notice that I address him in the third person. For example, instead of, how was your time at the ashram, I'd say, how was Swamiji's time at the ashram? Though it sounds odd, there is a reason for this. Friends, peers, and equals are addressed directly. But when speaking to an Acharya, we speak in the third person, signifying that they are not our peers, but someone higher. Here's the interview with Swami Ishwarananji. So Swamiji, in the broadest sense, what was Gurudev's vision? Uh, we have to understand the personality first before understanding the vision. Now, if you have seen in the movie of um, Anathwest, as well as um, his writings, um, what is most important for him was uh, the future of the Hinduism. He was not that much um, concerned uh, about the um, maintaining the um, study and other things, though that is the main background from which he came from. He uh, said that people should get inspired by the vision of the Upanishads, vision of the Hindu philosophy which is so universal, so um, pragmatic, and so Catholic in its approach. Therefore, he, according to him, there is no other philosophy in the world uh, that has this kind of a vision. Um, the vision of the Upanishads is to unify people under one single truth, uh, which is beyond religions, beyond caste, and beyond culture, beyond language, and any other factors. So he said that if if only people realize the vision of Upanishads, vision of Shankaracharya, so to say, um, there will be such an amount of togetherness, a brotherhood, which no religion can really bring in. And so he felt that that is the message which he needs to spread to as India as well as the West, and especially in India because of the the nature of Indian 
community is multicultural, multi-faith, uh, multi-belief system. So he found that to be a challenging ground to start with. Now, I understand that Swamiji was a student at Sandipani from 1991 to 1993. So despite his constant travels, would Gurudev visit the students at Sandipani? Yes, he did. Uh, because when he was touring inside India, he always stopped by in Bombay almost every month. And so we had a lot of opportunities when we used to sit down with him and understand this, you know, his uh, vision for us. What does he want us to do? Um, how carefully he, um, you know, made sure that he don't, he doesn't sound fanatic. And uh, although he was a very, very passionately pursuing Hinduism himself, and that passion came for, to him not because he um, he liked uh, Shankaracharya, but Shankaracharya is from his home home state. Nothing like that. He said, mm-hmm. understand his philosophy, understand what he really means through his words, through his bhashyas, or through his writings. And if you understand Shankaracharya, you will understand that how lofty was his thinking and how universal was his appeal and how truthful he is to the teachings of Upanishads and Gita. Um, so that's why he closely followed Shankaracharya's teaching. So how did Swamiji come in contact with Gurudev and how did the spiritual journey unfold? Yeah, basically I was not really looking for anybody, looking for any guru or anything. So... When um, when I was, just finished my graduation, I had a short stint at uh, Bombay where my uncle lived, and uncle was already following my Gurudev's teachings, and he had a lot of uh, video, I mean, audio tapes of Gurudev. So uh, when I was searching for a job in Bombay at that time, he used to tell me, you know, whenever you have time, please listen to this. So that was the year 1983, 84. So I used to listen, and then uh, and I used to think that he's just a philosopher, and I didn't have much of a uh, idea to follow him or anything like that. But it was a very interesting English, and then the way he used to talk, and uh, the way he used to present ideas. And then we attempted to meet him at that time, '84, but I, I we can do it. I can do it at that time. Then I came back, and then I worked further, and then almost uh, six, seven years later—I mean, three years later, sorry. 86, when I was in Bangalore and I was uh, working as a software consultant, I happened to see his name appearing in uh, some newspaper talking about uh, youth. Uh, he's giving a talk. So I went there and really I could connect the person with the speech. The person whom I heard without looking at him from years back, now I could see that person standing in front of me and appealing in the same way. So the connection brought in a great transformation. He says, here is a person with so much of enthusiasm, so much of love for his country, he's speaking, and he's appealing to the youth to, you know, join him in uh, making a transformation. Slowly then I attended the classes, uh, the Yogendra classes that was conducted, that was being conducted there. Then uh, I actively engaged in various activities and then eventually could come closer to him when he visited Bangalore and stayed with him a few times uh, when he was uh, in Bangalore. So that is how uh, the association became stronger. And then I found that the um, the teaching as well as the practice of it is so simple and logical. And um, having the background of computer and then the rational thinking had really appealed to me. So this is something which is necessary for me to find out how it is, what it is. So five years later, 
86 I met Gurudev five years later I found myself in Salvikini um and I, giving up my job and it was hard a little bit because uncertainty loomed large there um, what is that if nothing happens so I said okay let me take risk so then I joined there and then uh, my teacher was quite a, a very um very uh, very knowledgeable person Swami Chidananda and hmm. he was also having a, he was impact from IIT so he was a very rational person you know a very clean in, in his teachings and very straightforward there is no you know you should believe because i believe so not like that he was pretty clear in his teachings and very straight and very uh, pragmatic in his uh, you know way he would put things across to us so it was very good if 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 not if it not, if not been he um, as a my teacher i would have not done this and what about swami brahmanand ji's influence nigure hai because brahmanand ji by as a person very disciplined again not only that he is very organized person he thinks mm. very clearly um very systematically before doing anything he would uh, discuss with everybody how to go over so he more of a management person though he was also appealing very well in his speeches except for in canada uh, he is pretty much a person who traveled all over karnataka and established lot of centers from him i learned how to organize things how to make sure that um, anything you take up take it with great responsibility finish the task which you are whatever you take up in your hand and uh, involve people most important is involve people people should know what you are doing and make sure that you do in such a way that everybody feels that they are doing it and uh, he um, pretty much developed lot of centers in karnataka single handedly so i learned from him how to work while i learned from my teacher sridananda how to teach so those both helped me a lot and i, I owe to them both of them from 2002 to 2004 swamiji was the head acharya of the vedanta course at sandipani how was this assigned and what was the experience like in fact it came as a surprise to me when uh, swami tejamanji guruji asked me to teach because i was not even i know thinking about it because it was, i'm not cut for that basically because i'm not a person who is extremely studious or anything but i was i'm clear about what i say no ambiguity in me and that probably had appealed to him so when he said way back in 1998 you know just 5 years after my graduation one day he called he came to me and said I mean, when i met him in bakersfield he said hey get ready for the next course to teach i said oh, how how am i uh, involved here he said you teach i'm i'm telling you you can do that then came the 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 the, the you know, conf- uh, conviction yes if he believes so i believe i can Tejamanji uh, is of that kind of a personality. He exactly knows what a person can do, and he will pick him up, and then give him that task. You can do it. Do it. So when he said that you can do it, I think uh, he instilled the confidence in me. I can. So I sat down quietly with. I asked my te- uh, my teacher, the children that is still in uh, San Jose. I said, "How am I going to go about this?" And he said to me, "Don't worry about anything else." just be honest to what you say and be prepared so that day onwards the next two years i sat down seriously day in and day out to study uh, upanishads and gita and other thing 
more seriously than I have ever done before. Even when as a student, I was not that serious. Because <laughs> now the omen is on my, I mean, the shoulder, on my shoulders is the whole responsibility of guiding some 60 plus students. So next two years was very serious, uh, where I uh, spent a lot of time in referring to books and uh, writing down my own notes and uh, reading carefully. So the teaching process between 2002 and 2004 was extremely interesting. And I think that has changed a lot of my perception about uh, how to handle students and how to convey ideas in a, uh, in a ways that it appeals to a common man. Until then, it was coming, uh, talking to common man of the world, and I don't care. I don't follow up, right? You know, whether he follows or not, who cares about them? In the sense that we are not responsible to follow up anybody who listens. But here it is not like that. I have to, they are living with me. They are going to live with me for two years. I am responsible for this fellow's growth. I have to be careful about what I am saying. I have to see what what he follows uh, so that he he becomes a spiritual seeker. So it was very interesting that um, many of them uh, had, you know, taken up very well. Not all of them, obviously, this never happens. Uh, out of uh, 60 students I had, um, 45 of them finally remained. It always happens. Quite a bit of them have personal reasons and leave. Then out of that, now presently, I would say more than 12 of them are swamis, still with the, still with the mission. So that is quite a, a fulfilling experience, you know. Uh, that they have really become solid and they have taken up it up in their life. And one of them is already a Acharya there in Bombay now. Many others also, like Shivatmananda is one of them and uh, is uh, in Austin. And a uh, few others uh, in Goa, in Bombay, in Delhi, in many other places. They all have become some. And our Sharadananda is also a very uh, serious scholar in Syria. So uh, fulfillment comes in, in seeing how your guidance has helped people to become serious seekers of uh, spirituality. Um, so the challenge I always faced with the teaching uh, during the teaching is to keep the students inspired consistently. It is, see, when you, when you give a talk in a public place or go to a camp or go to any other place, you can talk and then it's over right? and you come back home. Here, they have to get consistently inspired, and every day they are going to listen to you for the two years. So you cannot repeat ideas. You have to be creative. You have to be uh, moving forward, advancing, making sure that teaching is more and more clearer to them, making it uh, more and more subtle and deeper. Um, that was really a good challenge, and Swami Brahmananda very well observed. Two years of teaching is equal to 10 years of sadhana. Now, this is a tough question. If Swamiji had to describe Gurudev in one word and one word only, what would that word be? Inspire us. I really understood only one thing from Gurudev's uh, association. That you can be funny being a philosopher. Now, see, philosophy, the very word itself is very dry. You know, usually, you know, when you listen to anybody else, even any Shankaraja, even Shankaraja himself, I would say, you would not feel like sitting for more than an hour. <laughs> but with Gurudev, you can sit for hours together, hours together. For example, we had, during Chinnay Jyoti was here in the whole of February, um, and uh, we had one week of Gurudev's talks 
in here on sixth chapter, chapter six meditation. And uh, we have appealed to all our members to participate. Because see, uh, many of them have not seen us like yourself. Nobody has. Many of them have not seen Buddha. Right. So I told them, you, know, you will first day you come, you come on the first day, and I assure you, you will not stop coming for the next six days. I was skeptic on the first day itself. You know, whether people really would take to my appeal. Quite a bit of them came. Around 60, 70 of them were there. You would not believe a man who has already left his body, a man who's left his body 26 years back, 23 years back, even today he can inspire the people. In the same way as he did when he was alive. Every day there is an increase in number. You know, I, you just can't believe that. That's why it's the word, the inspirer is the word. And people were laughing, rolling on the ground, listening to this talk. You know, I have never seen any, many of them can say, I never believe that you can be so, so humorous about serious things in life. Serious things in life, about life and death and tragedy and death. You can be so, so humorous about that. That is something which is amazingly unique about Gurudev. And the way he would act and act and show that and the human tendencies or human behavior and the situations and analysis, I mean, analogies that he will bring in are so unique and so close to heart. He's right. What he says is right. Um, that kind of a feeling any even a common man will have. So out of Gurudev's 108 names, which one is closest to Swamiji's heart? Which one uh, truly resonates? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, perhaps you know, or perhaps you may not know. Yeah, you will not know. These 108 names, I have translated myself into um, certain meditative uh, capsules. It will be coming out as a book um, in the next one of them that is called Sadhana. So I have given um, capsules of each name, what it means to us to practice. So each one of them took some at least an hour or two for me to think about. So I spent endless hours just to, to bring the essence of each name in the book. So I would, <laughs> since I spent so much time on, uh, on each one of them, so I cannot really pick up one which... I can uh, I can say this is what it he is. <laughs> My favorite is Vinoda Priyaya Namaha, the one who is humorous. So does Swamiji have any funny instances with Gurudev to share? His humor was so contagious. The way he will say things or the way he will do things. For example, one day I was sitting with him and many people were um, you know, coming and taking prasad from him, fruits and everything. So a person, he came with a big box of fruits and some other thing he kept next to, next to Gurudev. And I was uh, just to hand over one by one to him and then he in turn give it to people. So I was giving apple and then oranges and other things as I was going on and on and on. Towards the end, when I came to almost to the end of the box and I didn't look at what I was taking in my hand, I gave it to him to give it to me. And that was the last person. So he, I gave it to him and he took it in his hand and said, this is for you? I said, yes. You know what it is? It was a small packet. I said, I don't know. 
So without knowing, you to give it to me and give it to you. I said, okay. He opened, it was snuff box, full of snuff in there. He said, you would need it later, not now. <laughs> <laughs> so it was such a, because he used to have that habit of putting snuff always. Right. So he, somebody had given to him for his uh, regular use. And I thought it was very funny. That he said, if you need it later, not now. It was quite funny. And finally, my generation will be taking charge of this organization soon. Over the uh, next 10 to 15 years, those of us who are chicks now will be taking on leadership roles within the mission. So how do we proceed? So, in, as you said, many of the organizations who are who was headed by a person of a, a particular vision, when it is not passed on to the next generation, it just dies. Natural death. Stay inspired. That's very important. It's very easy to get distracted from by other things. Because it's hard. In this case, see, for example, you go to any temple, any Hindu temple, you'll find half of them are, more than half of them are, most 70 to 80% of them are above 50 and 60. And then they may be doing some ritual and some chanting, etc. Hardly you'll find anybody at the age of 20 or 25 or below that. But you go to any Chinmay Mission Center on a Sunday, 75 to 80% of them below 20, because while we have children and youth and... So many people who, who come to our centers and they say, my God, now how many youth, youth, youth are here? What are they doing here? Learning religion? <laughs> my God, why not the temple can do it? They don't. So the point is that what... What inspires is the teaching, not the ritual. But then what sustains an individual to continue to serve is what he know why he's serving. Why he's serving is most important. So I would say the 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 next generation should understand, feel the need of this knowledge in their life. And that requires study, not only study but how to translate that into action, uh, doing some seva, doing some work, doing something which constantly keeps them inspired. And that is a must. As you said rightly, the next 10, 10, 15 years later, the people who are going to be sustaining this organization are the youth. But youth of what caliber? That's very important to us. Just not um, doing trekking and jumping about and mountaineering. It is the people who have learned, who have learned why they are learning, why they are doing what they are doing, and what is the master's vision about the sustaining Hinduism, sustaining this philosophy for the benefit of the humanity. And thereby, at no time as a youth of this country, or youth of any other India also, deny other religions look down upon anybody. It is not correct because we have to make sure that we stand truthful to the master's vision. The master never said other religions are waste. No. If you are a Christian, you will become a better Christian. If you are a Muslim, you will become a better Muslim. If you are a Buddhist, you will become a better Buddhist. And that is how Vedanta looks at the thing and that is how Shankaracharya wanted it and that is how Gurudev looked at it. So let us not therefore become a fanatic Hindus. That should not be there in our dictionary. Mm-hmm. And that's where we should not head our soul to. Thank you very much for speaking with us, Swamiji. Hariyom. All right. Take care. Hariyom. Hariyom. 
Puja Gurudev, many students found the essential teacher, a master who worked tirelessly to dispel ignorance in his students. Swami Shivananji, the master who bestowed Sanyasa Diksha upon Gurudev, once wrote that a guru is someone absolutely necessary for every aspirant on the spiritual path. It is only a guru who can discover your defects. The nature of egoism is such that you will not be able to find out your own faults. Just as a man cannot see his own back, so also he cannot see his own faults easily. He must live under a guru for the eradication of his evil qualities and defects. A guru can be pleased with his disciple only if the latter carries out his spiritual instructions implicitly. Therefore, follow the instructions of the guru carefully. Act up to his instructions. Only then will you deserve his blessings. The Gurudev Podcast is produced by Chick West and brought to you by Sattvic Media. Our content manager is Ramesh Chiru. Our executive producer is Swami Sarveshananji. And I'm your host, Sridhar Karra. Vande Chinmaya Sadgurum.